السلام ورحمة الله وسط الناس Okay, let's get started. In Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillahi na'maduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'kfir wa na'udhu billahi min shuroori anfusina wa min sa'iyati yamalina an yahdihillahu falamudillana wa mayyudlil falahadiyala wa ashhadu an la ilaha illallahu wahtahu la sharikala wa ashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluhu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Jazakumullahu khayran, of course all praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We praise him, we seek his aid, and we seek his forgiveness. And we seek refuge with him from the evil of our inner selves and the evil of our actions. And whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides, no one can misguide. And whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala misguides, no one can guide. I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone by himself in truth. And that Muhammad ibn Abdullah is his final messenger and his servant. May Allah bless him and grant him peace. Barakallahu fikum, Ramadan Mubarak, dear respected brothers and sisters. Thank you for logging on. Again, this does not take the place of Jum'ah. We are trying to hold that sacred space open. So after you finish uh, listening to this reminder, we advise you to pray for Rakat of Dhuhr. So today I want to talk about the master narrative, the story of your life summed up in about 40 sentences, the legacy you leave behind, right? Because no matter what, you've done in life, whether you are Martin Luther King, the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Malcolm X, um, your grandmother, your grandfather, everyone's life will be summed up in a 10 minute speech. Everyone's life can be summed up in 40 sentences. So it's not a matter of the more sentences you have, the better. It's a matter of what words are being used in those 40 sentences, because it's Ramadan, and we need to start to look at what we're doing this month and how we can improve this month. And so to do that, I want to take the example of one particular character from the annals of history. And this man, he caught the attention of the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So remember, the Prophet Muhammad, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he praised Musa for his patience, right? When his people complained and his people almost betrayed him, almost betrayed him. And so the Prophet, uh, the Prophet said, you know, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward Musa for his patience. The Prophet Muhammad, he praised Ibrahim for his loyalty and his commitment to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? When Allah commanded him to leave his newborn child and his new wife in the desert alone, and then when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded him to almost slaughter his firstborn son, Ismail. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praised him for his fidelity, right? So we see, I'm sorry, the Prophet praised him for his fidelity. So Musa was praised by the Prophet for his patience, Ibrahim for his fidelity. But the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, he never praised any man for his worship, for his ibadah, except one that we know of, King David, Nabi Dawood, alayhi salam, right? Jabir ibn Abdullah, he reported in an authentic narration that the Prophet said, the most beloved of fasting to Allah is the fasting of Prophet Dawood. 
He used to fast every other day. And the most beloved of prayer to Allah was the prayer of Dawood. He used to sleep some part of the night and wake up and pray one third of a night and then sleep again for some part of the night. And this is in Sahih Bukhari. So we got to look at King David, why he was made a king. And why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he bestowed him these characteristics. Now, this doesn't mean that it's exclusive to the male only, the male gender only. This is These are characteristics that, let's look at his characteristics and why he was endowed with certain, imbibed with certain characteristics. This is for the woman as well. Look what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم واذكر عبدنا داود الأيد إنه أواب He says, and remember our servant David, mighty in power and strength. Verily, he was off returning in all matters and in repentance towards Allah. So Allah give you the key right there. The Prophet ﷺ gave you, he gave you the key and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you the key. Let's look at, let's look at what he says. So when Allah says, when, when you see the Hamza, the Ya, and the and the Del in the state of Jar, Aidi, right? Aidi innahu awab. He he was the possessor and owner of every means of earthly power possible at that time. Right? Allah says, remember Dawood, we gave him every means of earthly power possible at that time. Why? Because he was innahu awab. Right? He used to repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala constantly. This is why. You know, Dawood, he used to be able to shape iron with his hands to recite the Quran until literally the mountains and the birds would repeat after him. Right? The mountains and the birds would repeat after him. His ability to understand the languages of the animals. He judged between men with hikmah, with justice. And he was a king with all of the spoils of wealth and sons and, and daughters that come with that title. But look here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in telling us why he says, that he repeated to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in guidance and repentance. So this is the lesson that I want to talk to you today because the master narrative of, of Dawood is captured in that one sentence. You don't need to know anything else about Dawood, right? Innu awab, innu awab, that he was verily awab from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is, is, is tawab, right? At tawab. He's the one you keep, he, you turn to him, you're awab, you turn to him, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala turned to you. So Dawood would turn to Allah and Allah would turn to him in a way that we don't understand, of course, this turning, not like I'm doing, but in a way not physically like we understand, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is at tawab. If you turn to him, he turns to you. So in another narration, the Prophet ﷺ, he praised Dawood for his work ethic, right? He said the best work is the work of Dawood. He used to chop wood, carry it, and sell it for a profit. So we're seeing, we're seeing Allah shaping a story here. This man was a worker, right? He was a hustler. He was a worker for Allah. And this is the story we see coming together. So none of us will ever be kings. That's okay. But we are in a very particularly perfect situation and a position in our homes to display the qualities of awab for aid, right? A penitence for power, awab for aid, penitence for power. Now, we're all at home wondering why the world has flipped upside down on its head. But don't wonder. 
Just take this time to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your thoughts and in your actions in exchange for the same wisdom, courage, and for the same provision, for the same power that he gave Nabi Dawood alayhi salam. Look, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he tells us Dawood is dead, but Allah is al-hayy, he's alive. The, the miracles, the mu'ajazah, the karamah did not stop with the prophets. They continue with the nation of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So brothers and sisters, I'm asking you today, what's your master narrative, right? If Allah was, subhanahu wa ta'ala was to say, and remember our servant Taymullah, or remember our servant Aisha, or remember our servant Yusuf, remember our servant Luqman, remember our servant Abdul Malik, hmm? remember our servant Leslie, what would come after that? What's your master narrative? We see Dawood's, he was off returning in repentance, so Allah gave him the world and everything in it. So my advice to you today in this blessed month of Ramadan is to begin with the end in mind. Begin with the end in mind. Everything you do, every action you take should begin with you considering how this action will reflect when you stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and when the angels take your soul. Bell Hooks. Bell Hooks is a famous, uh, she's a famous educator, right? on social issues and, and on, she's, a, she's a, an, a university educator that talks about how to teach children in, in elementary and middle school and high school. She writes about thoughts. She says, thoughts pretending to be profound. Hmm. She says, thoughts pretending to be profound. People who pontificate, right, about social justice, world issues, movements, in order that they would sound informed. Thoughts pretending to be profound. They, they're never going to do nothing about it. They just want to talk about it. They're not going to make no real moves about it. They just want to let you know that they've heard about it and they have an opinion about it and this is the solution. Thoughts pretending to be profound. But you and I know, brothers and sisters, that if there is no five prayers, if there is no fasting, if there is no waking up at night, washing away the sins of the day with the tears of sorrow, then the world collapsing on its axis is less of a calamity for you. Hmm? If there's no prayer, if there's no fasting, if there's no qiyam with tears, then the world collapsing on its axis is, is less of a calamity for you than missing those things. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَىٰ لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِسِينَ لَهُ دِينَهُ The only thing you were commanded to do the only thing you were commanded to do is to be sincere upon Hunafah. And what is Hunafah? Is to single Allah out, separate him from everything out, and live that life. It means to be sincere to Allah, to have mukhlis, to have ikhlas, to be a mukhlis. And then to be Hunafah, to separate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, set him apart from everything, and live your life according to that principle, to that philosophy. Listen, free yourself from the chokehold of taswif. Free yourself from the chokehold of procrastination. There's a narration in, in Jabir, he mentions in Sahih Muslim, in which uh, the Prophet ﷺ, he said, the shaitan, his throne is above water. And that every day he sends out the, the minions from the jinn, from the shayateen, to sow the seeds of enmity among man. And there's one particular narration where the Mufassirin, they expand on it. They say that 
And so the jinn, they report back every day. And so a jinn, one jinn, he comes and he says, you know, I, I separated two friends today. I caused the seeds of hatred and jealousy and the shaitan is not impressed. And then another jinn comes and says, I made a person uh, become angry, right? Um, I made a person uh, act on that anger and the shaitan is not impressed. And then another jinn, he comes and he says, I told a person that they should fast more and that their Lord wants them to remember him more and that their Lord wants them to pray more, rakat more. And so the shaitan, he gets angry at this. But look at what the jinn, he says. The jinn says, but then I whispered, do it tomorrow. And then when tomorrow came, I whispered again, do it tomorrow. And when tomorrow came, I said, do it next week. And then I convinced them to wait until Ramadan to get a fresh start. Hmm? And they waited until Ramadan was over because they had the last 10 nights. So I told them to wait till the last 10 nights. And then I told them to wait till Laylatul Qadr, that they could catch it. And when they slept through Laylatul Qadr, I told them that's okay, you have next year to do it. Until some of them died in this condition. And Shaitan, he brings this one close and he hugs them. Hmm? And he said, you will be named Tesweef, procrastination. So there's actually in some, according to some Mufasir, there's a jinn by the name of Tesweef a jinn who helps us whisper to us about procrastinating. Free yourself from the chokehold of procrastination because the people of the world, they're gonna find fault with you whether you believe in Allah or not, whether you obey Allah or not, whether you're poor or you're wealthy, they're gonna find fault with you anyways. But look what Allah, he says, Don't fear them, fear me if you're believers. Allah says, don't worry about what the people say about you. If you're a believer, then worry about what I say about you. Worry about your master narrative. What your Wikipedia page is going to say about you. If you had one, what would it say about you? And I'm telling you personally, brothers and sisters, if I could have known everything I would have to have went through just to arrive here where I'm at talking to you today, if I could have known ahead of time everything I would have went through just to arrive here, I would have changed my path. Now, I'm certainly not at the top of the world. I'm certainly not even at the top of the ranks of piety. I'm certainly not at the top of ranks of knowledge, but I'm not in the gutter anymore. Allahu Akbar. Hmm? It wasn't all good, but it was all perfect. Hmm? So I want you to know something. These mistakes, these setbacks that keep you have that you keep having, these setbacks that you keep having, that keep having you question and doubt yourself, they're leading somewhere. Hmm. Dawood, he listened, Prophet Dawood, alayhi salam, two men came to be judged. He judged one, he listened to one and judged them both wrong, right? He made the wrong decision because he only heard one side of the story and Allah chastised him for that. He made mistakes, he had some setbacks. Hmm. Suleiman was removed from the throne for a certain Prophet Solomon was removed from the throne for a certain period of time. Dawood missed Salah because he was admiring, he missed Salatu Asr because he was admiring his horses. Look, these setbacks, these mistakes, they're leading somewhere. You don't know how the trip has been laid out for you. People make mistakes. That doesn't mean you got to be perfect in order to be 
an awli of Allah, a wali, a wali of Allah, a friend of Allah. Look what Allah says. He says, hmm. He said, Allah is the ally of those who believe. He brings them out of darkness into light. You don't know where the path is going, where it's leading. You don't know what's been laid out for you. The, the, the job of, you have to do is never give up. That's it. This sirat is a straight path and no one ever got lost on a straight road. Just keep walking. The problem is that when we get discouraged, shaitan, he says, take a seat on the side of the road, sit under that tree for a little while. You see, but the truth is that the Sirat, as we said before, it's a path meant to be traveled upon. Keep moving. No one but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can know all of the events of life ahead of their time. And since no one but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can know, then it's imperative that you just, you don't give up, you keep going. And, and subhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he knows the best route. His route is the best route. He says, He says, certainly this is my straight path. So follow it. Very simple. Follow it. Don't give up. You got to know what you're contributing to, brothers and sisters. You know, it's bigger than any one of us. When we're all gone in 50 years, the Muslims who come to Massachusetts, Boston, with the Muslims who come to Cambridge, the Muslims who come to uh, Lowell, the Muslims, Muslims who come to Methuen, the Muslims who come to Andover, the Muslims who come to New Hampshire, they will be established upon whatever precedent we set. Huh? And inshallah, we'll be receiving reward in the Qabr just 50 years from now. It's not a long time. When we're gone, there'll be new Muslims taking our place, a new imam giving a khutbah, maybe a virtual khutbah where he's standing in front of you in your own house. So you may be thinking, I heard this before, Taimullah. Mm. We heard this before. We know, we know, we know. But it's not enough to know, brothers and sisters. Many people in the world know. You have to know how. You have to know how. It's not enough to just know. You have to know how, which, which denotes action, right? Because let's understand that the gap between knowing and doing, knowing and doing, it can ruin a man or a woman's life. Discrepancies between your value system and your actual daily practices, it will create chaos in your life. I'll say it again, I'll say it again. Discrepancies between your values and your actual daily practices, it can create chaos in your life. And many of us, we get into trouble when our values collide with our feelings, right? What we feel like doing. And when you're in a perfect Islamic environment, surrounded by the righteous ones, you feel halal, right? You feel good. It's not difficult to live out your values. But then when you're in a more secular environment, you start to feel a different kind of good, right? And so when your feelings threaten to overtake your value system because of a decision you're faced with, you have to act on your values, right? And the tough decisions are usually the everyday ones. Dawood, he was chopping wood every day, right? Carrying wood on his shoulder every day, a king. But almost none of us know how until our values are challenged by our feelings. And look at this. When your values are challenged by your feelings, what you want to do, how you feel, you may feel like not praying. You may feel like going to that event that you know you have no business being at. But your values are saying, you can't do that. 
you're following a moral principle that's greater than this world. So when your values are challenged by your feelings, you must choose your values, not once, not twice, but every single time. And that's how you get, uh, that's how you get aid. This is how you get that, that power that Allah gave Dawood. So pay attention to the pictures in your mind, brothers and sisters. Practice your future. When I say practice your future, that means every day you're doing acts. You're practicing your future, right? Learn the patterns of your life. Where are you falling short? How can you be doing better? And in conclusion, I want you to think about your master narrative. Your own great moment. What does that moment look like? What does it look like for you? Is it walking across a stage? Is it discovering a cure? Is it raising a family of righteous children? Is it leading others in prayer? What is that own great moment, your own great moment? What does it look like? Muslims make up about 20% of the world, right? More or less. I could be wrong on math. But if we say Muslims make up 20% of the world, that other 80%, why are we here for them? Why are we here if not to set an example for those people, those 80%? They do not know the light of Islam. We have to show them, and we can only show them with actions. And that's why in the end, everyone on this YouTube feed right now, we're not a community of friends, right? We've been called to a, a commitment much greater than that. We're not a community of friends. We've been called to a commitment much greater than that, much deeper than friendship. We're brothers and we're sisters holding hands on a cold, windy night called dunya. Mm. We're holding hands on a cold, windy night called dunya. And we're on a mission to prove to the world that the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is true. That the promise of Allah is true. So in terms of your master narrative, think about it. How are you going to shape it? What's going to be written about you? What will people say about you? The people before us, subhanAllah, they lived lives that weren't romantic. Their stories were not fairy tale stories. The Prophet sallallahu his life was a lesson in deprivation. His life was a lesson in hardship, right? He lost his mom, lost his dad lost his uncle, lost his grandfather, lost his wife, lost all his children while he was alive, lost his best friends while he was alive, lost his land for most of his life. His life was not romantic and yet and still, look at his master narrative. He is the Khatam al-Anbiya. He is the seal. So the sacrifices he made created this narrative that we talk about today, this master narrative. So whatever sacrifices you have on your plate, be willing to make them for Allah. And this is the month. This is the month of, uh, uh, of vigilance. This is the month to be attentive over your own soul. This is the month to get it right. If you can't get it right in Ramadan, then we make dua that Allah helps you. If you can't get it right this month, then may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help you. So inshallah ta'ala, we'll end with that. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward all of us with good. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, continue to accept our fasting and our standing and bring us good wherever we are and shape us to be inspired. May Allah open our hearts to this deen to be inspired to go out and act and do and be in the world, being the world as leaders and pioneers and not followers. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us beacons of light for those who come after us. Ameen. Jazakumullahu khayran for tuning in. Wafakakumullah. 
Wassalamu alaikum rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Again, I'm, I'm, uh, I make four 